Welcome to Tordi Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we will be learning Sefer Yehoshua, Perak Yud. Perak Tess describes the overtures of the Givonim to save themselves from the invading Jewish nation. Despite their subversive approach, once the treaty was sealed, the oath was honored as to not cause a chil Hashem, a desecration of Hashem's name. This treaty provides the backdrop to our parak today. Pasuk Aleph 1. Vayichet Shmo Adoni Tzedek Melech Yerushalayim ki lochad Yehoshua es ha'ayva yachrima. When Adoni Tzedek, the king of Yerushalayim, heard that Yehoshua had defeated Ai and had ravaged it, kasher asa liyericha ulimalka, kain asa la'ai ulimalka, as he had done to Yericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king. And the inhabitants of Givon had made peace with Israel and were among them. It's interesting to note that this is the first reference to Yerushalayim in Tanakh. Except in five places, the name is spelled without a second Yud. The Medrash Imperatius Rabbah says poignantly, that Avraham called the city Yireh, Ah, while Malkitzedek called it Shalem, complete, as in Bereshus 14.18. The Medrash shares a beautiful glimpse into this conversation. Said the Holy One, blessed be he, if I call the place Yireh, Ah, like Avraham did, then the righteous Shem will complain. But if I refer to it as Shalem, complete, the righteous Avraham will complain. Rather, I will call it Yerushalayim, and that name will contain the way it is called by both of them, Yireh and Shalem. On a deeper level, Yireh Shalem has an alternate meaning, complete awe. You see, on a soul level, Yerushalayim is not just a patch of hilly earth or a dot on a map. It is a unique place within each and every one of us where we are one with God and deeply in tune with his presence. Yireh Shalem, or Yerushalayim, therefore, means complete awe, a state where one is so in touch with Hashem as to be in constant rapture. It's these two aspects that combine to create a single wholeness. And therefore, the suffix of the name Yerushalayim suggests a pair, two aspects, Yireh, and Shalem. You see that Yerushalayim is two that are actually one. In fact, Rabbeinu Bechaya commenting on Bamibar 19.3 explains the Pasuk in Tehillim 122.2. Yerushalayim habnuya ki'ir shechubra la yachdav. The built up Yerushalayim is like a city that is united together. This is a secret of the entomology of the name Yerushalayim, indicating two, like Enayim, two eyes, Aznayim, two ears, and so on. But in fact, Yerushalayim is generally not spelled with the Yud. The word Yerushalayim appears 667 times in Tanakh, 641 times in Hebrew, and 26 times in Aramaic. Out of the 641 appearances in Hebrew, the name is written only five times in full with the Yud, Yerushalayim. Everywhere else, it appears without the Yud.
Writing the word without the yud preserves the integrity of the name Shalem, complete. So in conclusion, the name Yerushalayim holds many ideas at the same time. It's a city with two aspects, both physical and spiritual, as well as a city that is Shalem, a city which is complete. For a city which has been the source of dispute for so long by so many, it is comforting for us to know the frequency of mention in our holy texts, as well as the messages captured by the name Yerushalayim. And now back to the parak at hand. When Adoni Bezek realized that Givon had made a treaty with B'nai Yisrael, and it was a city even greater than I with men of great strength, he sent to five kings in the surrounding area saying, Alu Eli v'Izruni, come up with me and help me, v'naket es Givon, and we will attack Givon, ki hishlima es Yehoshua v'es B'nai Yisrael, because it has made peace with Yehoshua and with the children of Israel. So here's the strategy. The Jewish nation is all-powerful. They were successful in defeating Yericho and I. They made a treaty with Givon. So now, instead of attacking the Jews, they attack Givon to lure the Jewish nation to war. According to the Barbanel, as illogical as this seemed, Givon was geographically strategic. To conquer Givon would give nations a military advantage. According to the Das Sofrim, it separated the north from the south and gave a military advantage to Yerushalayim. And thus, it was a great risk for Yerushalayim to lose its stronghold, Givon. And the Barbanel continues, by attacking Givon, it would also assure that no other nation would capitulate to the Jewish people. Now, once Givon was attacked, Pasuk Vav 6 the men of Givon sent to Yehoshua to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us or help us. Because all of the Amori kings who dwell in the mountains have rallied against us. The word Hoshia suggests full salvation, while Azrenu describes partial assistance. The Givonim were prepared to take whatever Yoshua was offering. They tried logic, according to the Mamloes, because what was unsaid was, and if you don't help us, they'll eventually attack you. So protecting us is in your best interest. And Yoshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him and all the mighty warriors. Hashem said to Yoshua, do not fear them. Because I have delivered them into your hand, none of their men shall withstand you. If we look carefully at Hashem's words here and before the other battles, we'll notice something fascinating. Before the battles with Yericho and I, there is an assurance of victory. 
Before I and Givon, Hashem adds the words, Al Tira, do not be afraid. Well, with I, we understand why Hashem said, do not fear. There was a major loss and now a second approach. But why here? Yoshua was fearful that perhaps his alliance with the Givonim was unacceptable. And because of it, their success in the war was in jeopardy. Hashem reassured him, Al Tira, do not fear. Why? Because they are already in your hands. Kibiyadcha nisatim. Pasuk Yud 10. Vayhumeim Hashem lifnei Yisrael. And Hashem confounded, confused them before Yisrael. Vayakem makag dola begivon. And he smote them with a mighty blow at Givon. Vayirdefem derech maale beischaron. Vayakem ad azeka baad makeda. And they pursued them on the way that goes up to Beis Haron, and they smote them to Azekah and Mekeda. The people were confused, just as in Mitzrayim, as, as we read in Shemos 14.24, Vayaham eis machane Mitzrayim, and Hashem brought confusion into the camp of Mitzrayim. Let's listen for even more Mitzrayim language and events. Pasuk Yud Aleph 11. Vayhi binusam mipnei Yisrael, heim bimorad beis charon, and when they fled from bnei Yisrael, and they were on the slope of beis charon, vashem hishlich alehem avanim gdolos min hashamayim, Hashem threw down huge stones from heaven upon them, ad azeka, until they reached azeka, vayamusu rabim asher mesu ba'avne habarad, me'asher hargu bnei Yisrael b'charev. More died through the hailstones than whom Bnei Yisrael killed with the sword. The reference to Mitzrayim is obvious. Hailstones from heaven. The Medrash goes even further connecting these stones with Mitzrayim. The Medrash shares that when the plague of Barad ceased by the directive of Moshe, it ended immediately with the Avne Barad, the hailstones suspended in the air for all these years until now when they rain down on the enemies of B'nai Israel. The Medrash continues so powerfully and poignantly that the remainder of these hailstones will fall in the pre-Messianic war of Gog and Magog. Pasuk Yud Beis 12 Az Yidaber Yehoshua Lahashem B'yom Teis Hashem and then Yehoshua spoke to Hashem on the day when Hashem delivered the Amori in front of the children of Israel. What did Yehoshua request? He requested Shemesh Begivon Dom V'yareach Be'emek Ayalon that the sun stand still in Givon and the moon in the valley of Ayalon. Why was this miracle necessary when it seemed that the war was going in favor of the Jewish people? Yoshua wanted to assure that the people would know for now and for always that Hashem fights our battles. He made this request, Le'enei Yisrael, in front of the B'nai Yisrael. He requested to tame the sun and the moon by the directive of Hashem. The Be'er Moshe makes a distinction between the miracles of Moshe and this miracle, whereas the miracles of Moshe were for the sake of the people, this miracle, as Yoshua requested, was for the sake of Hashem. 
Yoshua sang, Az Yedaber, according to Rashi, because he was halting the sun's song to Hashem while it was suspended. And therefore he had to sing with the voice of mortal man, recognizing Hashem's magnanimous reach and devotion to his people. And what was the song? The Yalkut Shimoni says these words, Shemesh begivon dom v'yareach be'emek ayalon. These were the words of Yahushua's song. You see, it was critical that the people hear Yahushua's prayer, his request for the sun to stop, so as not to think that this was an anomaly of nature. We sometimes need to be pointed toward miraculous events. Our eyes and ears need to be open to the song of miracles. Our logical minds want to understand and categorize and organize and interpret and we use the constructs that are available to us. The confusion was a miracle. The large hailstones were a miracle too, but the people explained these away. Yoshua understood not only did the sun need to stop, but the people had to stop also, to stop and recognize the glory of Hashem and his commitment to his people. And that the miracles until that point were miracles too. It's a message for us today too. Shemesh begivon dom. We need to stop and hit the pause button to look around and see the obvious and not so obvious miracles that were granted. And I think during this time of war in Israel, we do see miracles, obvious miracles. But we also need to open our eyes because if we don't, then we'll try to logically explain these things away. But if it's Shemesh Begivon Dome, if we actually stop and look, then we will recognize, we'll pull back the veil of nature and recognize and see the hand of Hashem. Why did Yoshua merit this miracle? After praying that the sun and the moon stop in their paths, says the Medrash, he held up the Torah to them and said, I never stopped learning. And I delved into the Torah day and night. And with that, the sun of the day and the moon of the night stopped. But let's ask the question, was this miracle really necessary? There are several reasons suggested. The first answer is that the Medrash explains that it was Friday afternoon. And while the Jewish people were generally able to wage war on Shabbos, here, because they were doing so to protect the Givonim, it was unclear whether they were permitted to do so. According to the Abarbanel, Yoshua was concerned about the Jewish people who would pursue the Amorim into the night. The Alshik comments that Yoshua wanted the entire world to know unequivocally that Hashem was behind the conquest of the people, not the zodiac or celestial bodies. Pasuk Yugimel, Vayidom Hashemesh Vyareach Ahmad, Adikom Goy Oivav. And the sun's movement ceased and the moon stood still until the people took retribution against their enemies. The commentaries debate 12 hours, full day, 36 hours. Bottom line, there was enough time to assure decisive victory and the observance of Shabbos. Pasuk Yedalad 14, Lo haya kayom hahu lifanav ba'acharav, lishmoa Hashem b'kol ish. There was no day like it before or after that Hashem listened to the voice of man. 
Ki Hashem nocham liYisrael, that Hashem fought for the Jewish people. Yoshua returned with all of Bnei Yisrael to the camp in Gilgal, and then got word that the five kings were discovered hiding in a cave. To assure that the victory was decisive and that the kings would not be given an opportunity to regroup, he directed his men to roll stones in front of the cave and guard them. When the stragglers were killed and the victory complete, Yoshua returned to the cave to finish off the five kings. Pasach of Aleph draws us back to Mitzrayim. Lo charatz l'vnei Yisrael li'ish es l'shono. No one wetted his tongue against any of the children of Israel. It's similar to the language in Sefer Shemos. Perak yud Aleph pasach zayin. Ulechol b'nei Yisrael lo yecharatz kelev l'shono. Against all of B'nai Yisrael, no dog shall wet its tongue. The Mayam Loe suggests that the custom of warfare in those days was that the enemy would insult the opposition. It's pretty remarkable how times have not changed. Here, with this victory, there were no counter stories. There was nothing to undermine or take away from the miraculous victory of the Jewish people. Rashi adds, not one person died, and there was not one verbal insult. That is truly a miracle. Yoshua told the people to open the entrance of the cave and bring out the five kings to him. They brought them out, and to demonstrate symbolically the power and strength of Bnei Israel, Yoshua directs the people to put their legs on the necks of the king. And he adds, using the expressions he has heard from the first day of his leadership up until now, do not be afraid. Al tiru, va'al techatu. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because Hashem will do this to all of your enemies whom you are fighting. Yoshua killed and hanged them until sunset when he took down their bodies so as not to defile the land as we saw earlier in the Navi. Then we see Yehoshua, emboldened by the miraculous victory in Givon, continue city to city to city. The Abarbanel writes that all of these cities were conquered on the same day that the sun stood still. Makeda, Lachish, Gezer, Eglon, Chevron, Dvir, city after city after city, conquering, vanquishing, killing the king, and letting no survivor remain. The parak concludes with a summary of the might and strength of Yehoshua. Pasuk Membez 42. And all these kings and their land Yehoshua captured in one sweep. Why? Because Hashem, the God of Israel, fought for Bnei Israel. Vayashav Yehoshua v'chol Yisrael imo el hamachane ha-Gilgala. Yehoshua and all of Israel with him returned to the encampment at Gilgal. While the parak describes many battles, it also highlights that words are all-powerful. Yehoshua demonstrates to the people that integrity and that one's word is all-powerful. The verbal commitment in the name of Hashem to the people of Givon was honored. The sun was stopped by the power of words, Shemesh Begivon Dome. The people of Canaan's efforts to insult the Jewish people was thwarted. Recognizing the power of words, 
Let us use our words to conquer hate, to stop evil, to build trust and integrity in our world. Thank you for learning together. Le'ilui nishmot imotenu hayikarot Esther Oppenheimer Allah shalom and Sarah Shanker Allah shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.